Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Ice-T. I want you to do something for me. Make sure you download and subscribe Library Rap, the hip-hop interviews with Tim I and Cal. It is O-fucking-fishal. right? Stop playing. Download and subscribe Library Rap, the hip-hop interviews with Tim I and Cal. It's cold. Check. It's time as we've established and understand what our status is And dabble in the passages, adages that are additive To minimize the damage and manage my many challenges From Kanye to Common to Rhyme Fresh, Chicago has some dope-ass hip-hop artists And all Natural and Panic are part of that Chicago dope-ass hip artist umbrella They just released a new album, Dark Knight, Cap D, and Panic Welcome to Library Rap, the hip-hop interviews with Tim Heineke Thanks guys for being here Thanks for having us, man How you doing? You know, on All Natural's debut album, uh, No Additives, No Preservatives, which dropped in 1998, on the track It's Okay is the first time we hear Panic's name. Shout it out. Uh, Panic, you produced, you know, two tracks on that album. Um, can you talk about, so it's actually been a while you guys worked together for quite some time. Uh, can you talk about how you guys originally connected and what did you hear about each other that made you want to work together? Well, uh, me personally, I heard uh, their 12 inch uh, 50 years down the line. And uh, I mean, we, you know, being in this hip hop scene in Chicago, you kind of like know somebody that knows somebody. So I was always aware of them one way or another. So, you know, it was it was bound to happen. You know, we we were both independent, you know, putting out music and stuff, good music. So. Man, it just it just happened naturally, no pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Cap? Yeah, I mean, pretty much the same thing. Um, go, leading into the first twelve inches or albums and stuff, I used to do most of the production. Me and Tone did pretty much all the production, and then so it was always wanted to have somebody who had a different sound and where I could just kind of focus on the lyrics and. Um, and so yeah, so it's it just natural to be like, oh man, I think we probably met P and S at Gramophone most likely, um, and then you know, you know, um, moment just had the dope beats, so it was easy. Nice, cool. Um, I know, and and so in 1998, 1980, uh, 1988, I'm sorry, hip hop albums which dropped were Public Enemies, It Takes the Nation a Million, NWA's Straight Out Compton, EPMD, Strictly Business. Uh, the great adventures of Slick Rick, uh, follow, you know, Eric B. and Rockham's follow leader and many others. Uh, Panic, you, you, you talked about in an interview about how 1988 was this really impactful year for you regarding hip hop. What are some of the significance, uh, to you about some of these albums and actually the year 1988? Well, I mean, it was, it was significant to probably everybody that was into hip hop at that moment. So it wasn't, it was, uh, Naturally, it hit me the same way. Um, being in Chicago, you're not in New York, but you're 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 feeling the music that's coming from there. And um, to me, like the um, Criminal Minded and uh, Big Daddy Kane, Long Live the Kane, and you know, uh, was it a Follow the Leader and stuff like that? And it takes a nation of millions. Like those albums, to me, I was listening to them like from the morning to at night pretty much <laughs> so, <laughs> you know stuff like that and i you know i'm probably forgetting a couple other albums but um probably another 20 albums that came out that year but you know it was basically like that it was like uh 
it was a kid in a candy store. So, I mean, I mean, what else could I say? It was just, it was just too, so much, so much influence, so much, you know, you know, great music. Cool. And I know, I mean, uh, Patek, I know what, what, what drew you to making beats? Cause I know you, um, you've talked about how in 85 you were, uh, you know, collecting records, but then in 91 and 92, you started kind of producing beats. What made you go in kind of the direction of beat making versus, I mean, emceeing or any other part of the art? Well, you know, being from Chicago, like early, you know, as, as a kid and a teenager, I started, uh, just buying house records, but then I heard hip hop. So I was just buying a little bit of house, a little bit of hip hop. And, um, I started trying to DJ and stuff like that. So it just, I was just evolving naturally as the years went by. I, I just got more into hip hop, but, um, you know, I started buying, you know, I was a fan first and I'm always going to be a fan of, of, of the music, but I started buying the records and then DJing. And then after that, I wanted to learn how to make beats. And, you know, by the time I noticed I'm here, <laughs> uh, uh, Captain, what was that, uh, what was that impact, what, what was the impactful year for you in regards to hip hop music? 88. Definitely 88. As a lyricist, you had Rakim, KRS, Chuck D, Slick Rick, Chill Rob G, Ultra Magnetic, Cool Keith, like, all, you know, EPMD, like, it was 88. Mm. Um, Cab, you said something, uh, I think in prior interviews where you talked about, um, and, and you just mentioned you being a lyricist, but what you talked about is that you, you have records that move you not just by their lyrics, but also by their the actual music, the musicality of them, uh, cause that music could tell a story. Uh, how does that appreciation of, uh, music telling the story help you, uh, or give you that advantage to when you're writing your, your lyrics, are you able to kind of change and rearrange your lyrics after hearing a beat of a song or after hearing, a, you know, music or how does it help? So, yeah, I, I used to write the lyrics uh, for a lot of songs. I would write the lyrics before I would just write lyrics. I would just always be writing lyrics. And then I hear a beat and okay, I got a rhyme for that. or I got a rhyme for that. Then over time, and Tone was actually one of the first people you kind of told me, he's like, you just kind of, forcing these rhymes over this beat then i started really making sure that i heard the beat first and then just wrote to the song and so the music will put you in a certain mood or or go take you in a different direction or you start writing syllables that play off of you know the the kick and a snare or whatever um and so yeah so either the, the patterns of what you, either your subject matter or the patterns that you're writing play off of the music itself in the mood of the music. Panic, how does, how do, you know, how does working with an artist such as Cap that has that ear, how does that kind of maybe even make your job a little easier as a, you know, a producer or even maybe even harder as a producer, but how does that work with you? Well, you know, the people that I actually choose myself to work with, mm -hmm. um, they're all good. So, I mean, that's it. <laughs> you know, that's, it's plain and simple, you know, so it, 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 um, when you're, when you're mixing good ingredients, you know, good people, talented people, it's, it becomes a lot easier, you know, it's just like anything else. It's like making a good pizza, you know, if you use good mozzarella, good sauce, good dough, you got a good pizza. Same thing, same thing with music. Panic, um, you know, Dark Knight, uh, 
the, the great thing I think about the album, it just kind of, it sounds like rules are off, like traditional hip hop rules are kind of off the table. Yeah. Um, so, and I want to get into that a little later, but what was that first record you heard that had you say, Oh, Oh shit, we could do that in hip hop. Like, Oh, are you allowed to take those chances? I mean, I could just choose so many, but I, I think of like NWA, De La Soul, Public Enemy and the Bomb Squad and Rakim, KRS. I mean, I could go on and on, you know, Nas, you know, just because they all brought something different that made me think like, wow, you know, this is something, this is a new level of, of expanding the form, the culture, the music, you know? So yeah, that's, that's how I look at it. Like, you know, Ever since I got into hip hop, like around when Run DMZ was coming out, like in the in the early eighties, um, it was just advancing to probably the two thousands. It was just so much advancement every year with that. So every year there was like, you know, a bunch of artists just breaking new ground, you know? So yeah. Cap, you I mean you obviously have this interesting uh Second career, I guess you could say about you. You're, you're the chief legal officer for the Golden State Warriors. Uh, you got there in 2012, but you do continue to obviously create music, especially with this new album. Uh, what is, what is, what, what motivates you to continue to, you know, create the art and be a part of the art? Um, I mean, I still enjoy listening to it. I still find it challenging to, to make and I feel, still feel like I have something to say. And it's still fun. So, and I still think I'm pretty good. So like if, if I was, if all of those things were still the case, but I was like doing stuff that I was like, eh, it's, it's whack. Well, then I, you know, <laughs> first off, Ed wouldn't mess with me, wouldn't mess with me anymore. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I just probably wouldn't, wouldn't be doing it, but I still feel like, you know, all those things are still there. And so why not? And I never wanted to feel like I was being pigeonholed. Like, or he's just an MC, or he's just a lawyer, or he's just this, he's just that. And so I feel like just because you're doing one thing doesn't mean you can't do something else. When when you decided to go to law school in 2001, um, when did you kind of know, or what was that weird, I guess, reality that hip hop wasn't going to be able to pay you know your bills at the time? I knew that I wanted to get married and have kids. And it was cool for me living and you know and I was kind of older at the, at the time I was like 31 when I went to uh went, went to law school and so in a lot of ways I felt like well look you've kind of lived for yourself for the last you know 31 years and it's cool for me to be like all right I'm just gonna live check to check and if I don't have a the rent this month well then you know you know it just it'll be what it is I'll figure it out I'll work it out but I at that age I was like all right I'm gonna kind of settle down um, get something a little bit more steady. And so that was, so those wasn't that I wanted to completely give up the music, but I just knew I wanted to, to, you know, pay the bills with something else. And also I, I never felt like I never really did the music to pay the bills. You know, obviously we're talking during this pandemic and I think, uh, one of the many things that the pandemic kind of highlighted is that it's, uh, if you're not, as as an artist, if you're not able to tour, you're going to probably suffer pretty much very financially. You know, a cab. You you are obviously in a, the business side of know the business side of um, you know the NBA and basketball. Are there lessons that you could kind of bring over to hip hop artists about you know ways of now conducting business 
especially so they're okay or better secured for something like a pandemic? Can't really say that I that I that anyone that I have any like really advice for anyone. Like it's not like because I'm not so deep into the. Like, you got to really be into the game full time to be someone who should be giving other people advice. And I'm very much part time in terms of the music, quite honestly, because I'm not going to tour. I'm not going to do the things that are necessary to be able to just earn a living off of it. And so, you know, I'm sorry. I, I, I don't feel like I, like people should be listening to me. <laughs> so <laughs> in terms of how to chart out your, 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 your hip hop career. Um, if you want to figure out how to maybe do the hip hop, have its, have its place, push it as far as you can push it, make whatever you can make off of it. And also have your side hustle, have your side gig, well, then I can speak to that. Um, but in terms of, you know, really how to navigate the industry and, and through the midst of the pandemic, I'm not the guy. I mean, do you, do you two actually get it? I mean, is, do you two get a sense that, uh, now for, you know, you obviously have the few artists that are able to make a very good living off, I feel, of, 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 of just being hip hop artists, but, do you feel that the best approach now maybe for a hip hop artist is to have that side hustle? I mean, I personally always kind of felt that for other reasons though. I just, uh, most of the music that gets commercial success, I didn't really like. And so, you know, I was a purist or whatever you want to call it, or not in touch with reality, whatever people want to call it. Um, I always felt like in order not always, but usually in order to reach a certain level, especially when you get beyond like 91 and, and and you had to compromise on certain things. And so if you really wanted to earn a real living off of this, you were going to have to compromise certain things. And so for me, I always was like, I would just want to keep all my options in life open so that I don't have to compromise on the art, but make a living and then have a family, do all the things that I want to do. Um, and so that's that's really the way that I approached it because I didn't want to have to put all my eggs in the uh, all my economic eggs in the hip hop basket because some fans and in the industry can be real fickle. So, all right. And, and how about yourself, Tammy? Um, I think that, like me personally, um, you always have to you know diver- diversify mentally, financially, whatever. So. You can't just, uh, like, you know, Cap said, put your eggs in one basket. Doesn't, it doesn't matter if you're in a hip hop or whatever, you know? Um, because I've seen people with other careers that are not even music related. They're putting their back, their, um, baskets on one thing. And then, you know, you know, they, you know, they let you go or the company goes out of business or whatever. So you always have to be able to, to educate yourself and to do some research on how to, like, you know, be secured a little bit about certain things. I, I, I now uh, let's turn to the. I want to talk about the new album, which I think is great. By the way, uh, Dark Knight. Uh, it seems like it's 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 uh, all Natural's first album since twenty two thousand eight. So why the delay? But also why put out an album now in twenty 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 one? Well, I mean, the delay I, I think is probably just focused on other things in life. Quite honestly, um, like for me, it was starting with the Warriors and really having a, all right, I, this is a full-time job. Um, mm-hmm. And so got to give it that, that level of attention, blah, blah, blah. And so probably was, I just wasn't as in tune 
um, or focused on putting out um, until maybe a few years ago. And then as was listening to some newer artists and was really kind of becoming a, like Ed said the word again earlier, like becoming a fan again, like really you got to be a fan of the music. If you're not a fan of music, you shouldn't be doing it. And I wasn't really listening to stuff. Um, so, so I listened to new artists and started really kind of getting into and, and started listening to old artists again. Um, and then just reconnected with panic and was like, you got any beats? <laughs> and <laughs> the, the answer is always yes. And so then it was just like, you know, I will let the, how about this? And let's, let's, so we just start working on things, you know, and no, no real magic to putting it out now. I, I think a lot of the songs speak to things that are going on in the world right now, but it's not like, um, like some of those songs were written like two, three years ago, um, or three, four years ago. Like the song Dark Knight was written like three, four years ago. Um, it just, it sounds like it's, it was, you know, written for George Floyd and everything that's happening this, this summer, but it was really written for like, uh, my, uh, Freddie Gray. It's just the, the, the fact is that those things don't stop happening. Right. Actually, and I want to ask you about Dark Knight, the track. I mean, um, I, you obviously, uh, Cappy just talked about the inspiration behind it, but, uh, Panic, how do you kind of create a beat or maybe the beat's already made and you have to change things around to kind of support, I guess, the purpose of this track? Well, you know, the beat was made a long time ago. <laughs> it was put away because that's what I do. Like, I just make beats and just put them away. But, um, I'm all over the place with like beats and music. Like, um, I usually work off a setting or emotion. So, so that's pretty much how, uh, how maybe Cap D felt that beat, the emotion on it, the, the kind of like the story it was kind of, you know, kind of saying, and he, and he understood it, and it, and it went well what he, what he was saying. And like, um, the thing about, you know, he said that he wrote it a couple of years ago, but like we're talking about 88, and like, you know, that's a lot of the stuff that was being said then, mm-hmm. and he wrote it three years ago, and stuff's going on now, so it just goes with what he's saying, it's something that's still, you know, very relevant to, to, to today's times. And um, and when you write something that's, that's uh, powerful, like, it, it's timeless, you know? So. Claim that he gave him the hot hat Do the unwanted feedback Cause he ran away with the free blacks Talking without approval Simple lack of refusal Man, drop something else. Um, I think it'll you know, the, be the, the first track on the album you is the 23 second track before the, the studio, people in some words and it says drop something else for the people, people and then ends it ends with make it really unique um, why is it why, why was it important for both of you kind of have this track be the opening track uh, for the album well for me so it's um, it's an interview that Draymond Green did well so, so a local newspaper found out that I used to be a hip hop artist well, I guess still am a hip hop artist. And they interviewed Draymond Green about it. And he, and, he, and they played on some songs. And he was basically just like, man, you need to drop something, drop something else. Like, why, why aren't you rhyming now? Why aren't you still dropping stuff now? There's, there's no, you know, it'd be, you know, really unique if you, if you do something. And so part of that, like him saying that was actually one of the motivations for me to, to be like, you know, what the hell are you waiting on? Like, like drop something else, like for real. So I did want to make sure that I used that clip. And I think it's kind of like a perfect way to start the album because it's, and also, you know, some of the songs on the album talk about 
like the duality of being this and something, you know, being multiple different things and have multiple different identities. And so I think that, um, that that little clip, um, kind of sums up a lot of, in a lot of ways, the purpose of the album. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of uh, read the title and it automatically, uh, reminded me of, uh, Nappy Roots, to, uh, The People, their track. Mm. And it's just about track doing it. Like, we do it for the people, not for the money. We just do it for the love of the art. And so right away, like, I was like, oh, so I also thought of that. And I was like, I oh, just gonna be, the rest of the album is going to be uh, actually probably a really, a really cool album. Um, you talked about the dualities and, and, you know, uh, one track that obviously highlights that is a track, uh, Contradiction. Um, and I think, kind of the f- the fun thing or the nice the the thing i love, really love about hip-hop as well is that it kind of forces us sometimes to uh to contradict our own opinions on like because you know the wordplay is amazing but maybe the content is really shitty and you know um so can you guys talk about uh, uh these contradictions that you kind of talk about in this track and um and why why address contradictions well i think that there's a um just with all people, there's a myth of purity, and I fall into it myself. Um, that something is pure, um, or that to, if you have an opinion, you have to stand on that opinion, irrespective of the SBC going on in the world right now, irrespective of any and all facts to the contrary of your opinion. Um, and that quite honestly, things that seem to be contradictions, a lot of times just just showing growth it shows that you can see one side of an issue and you also see the other side of an issue and these things seem to be competing with one another but they really aren't um and so coming understanding your own internal contradictions and and coming to grips and like some things actually are contradictions (laughs) but most things i think are, are actually are not um they seem to be contradictions from a certain perspective or if you don't have a a more timeless view of things they seem to be contradictions but in reality it's just two sides to the same coin and you need both sides to that coin The piano in What's Real is, I think, is great. I like pianos and like violins and hip hop tracks. Uh, Panic, can you just talk about creating this track? And then I'll cap when you first heard this track, what was your reaction to it? Um, about creating the track, well, you know, um, I moved, I moved to Texas like in 2011, and I didn't come back till like around 2019, back to the, to Chicago, and, uh, Pretty much when I was in Texas, it's kind of, to me, it's kind of boring compared to being in Chicago. So what I focused on, what I focused a lot was on just learning more about music theory and just, uh, you know, just different techniques, different ideas. So I started getting more into like, uh, making music without samples. And I mean, that was, that was during the time where I was really getting into that, um, learning and growing about that. So. Like I said, I like working with like music that makes me feel something, like um, emotions, whether you know whatever the emotion might be. So that that um, and I like like old rock also, like 70s, 60s stuff. So symphonic stuff. So it's like um, that's pretty much with that that came about. Yeah, I mean, 
I, I probably when I first heard, I was like, man, this is just hard. Like, like some some of the songs, some of Pan, some of Panic's beats make me want to get like introspective and talk about blah or this or the other thing. That one just one was just like, oh, you just need to switch the lyrics and you need to actually get somebody on here with you um, to spit some lyrics. And so, you know, that's just all that is. It was. <laughs> Don't, don't don't be too cute with this one. Uh, uh, speaking of the piano, I mean, there's uh, the first seven, six, seven tracks. There's there's a piano, you know, played in each of the tracks, and then when you get to basic mathematics, there's no piano. It starts with a, a bass being played. Um, is there any significance of this piano through the first seven tracks, and then does the bass and basic mathematics represent maybe a, a new chapter for the for the album a turning point interesting i mean i just love pianos um like <laughs> that's probably my favorite like piano tracks in hip-hop you know been vibing off of plum skins lately like like pianos and, 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 and tracks in hip-hop are just to me the best and so that's probably why you got so many pianos in it i don't know how, Ed, how you feel about pianos and obviously you must like them too because they're all over the all over the album um <laughs> what well i mean who doesn't like a good piano? <laughs> <laughs> no nah, but um you know one thing that i was you know how i was saying i was like um creating a lot of stuff uh you know without using samples so every time that i was going to create a composition i would start with the piano so i don't know if that has something to do with it but no it's great it, it sounds great i mean and um the um I'm gonna get to the, the final track piece within. It starts with the piano again, so we know that. But, uh, oh, why is it important, uh, kind of to end this album, reassuring people to find essentially the piece within? Well, yeah. So that's, it's, it's funny. So when I'm making, as I'm going through beats and writing and stuff, sometimes I'll write a song and I'm like, all right, that's the first song on the album. Um, and then, I'll write another song and I'm like, all right, that's the last song on the album. I don't care. I don't know what the rest of the album is going to sound like, but that's the last song on the album. And Peace Within was clearly that. It was clear. Something. Like it's, I didn't want anything to be said after that. Um, I wanted to, like you said, I wanted to leave people with that. Like, cause I think the album takes, goes in a lot of different places. Um, explores, you know, tries to explore a lot of different things there's a lot of angst in the album, a lot of anger in the album, but I wanted to, I left it at, cause that's really how I feel. Like that ultimately mm-hmm. this is, this is the goal. This is the pearl that, you know, you can all the ish talking on what's real and all the contradiction stuff. And even the basic mathematic and, and, and dark, all that pain and all that kind of stuff. At the end of the day, this is what we should be striving for. And this is the focus. Uh, last question for both of you. Uh, Panic, is there a lyric or, you know, a lyric on this album that, uh, when Cap spit it, that you kind of said, oh, damn, that's amazing. And then, uh, Cap, is there a beat on this album when you first heard it? You're like, oh, crap, that's amazing. Well, to me, it's like, um, there's stuff all over the album, you know what I mean? Like, um, I think him and, uh, and West Wrestlers, they did such a great job on it that, to me, sometimes it's not about, to me, the lyrics catch me, but I initially hear everything, like the voices, instruments, 
and the way the hooks are and stuff like that and the beats and it just the the just the whole setting of it that's what captures me first and it's like um just the whole the whole album kind of just captured this vibe that i that i really enjoyed so mm. and how would you, that's my say on that cool. how would you cap um probably walls that that like so many of this i mean actually i think a lot of the beats when i heard them panic i i was like man panic is on some other stuff like this is not this is not what i've heard from him typically but for all the beats the one i think that was so far just i mean just dope as hell and different and was walls like you know i used to listen to that all the time and just try to figure out all right like what do i what am i even gonna write write to this like i gotta write something to this and not really know what to write to it but, th- but that was that one used to just be just a steady rotation in the house uh new albums dark night uh all natural panic uh it's cap d and panic uh on the library rap the hip-hop interviews with tim Heineke. gentlemen thank you so much for being here. appreciate that thank you How the plan began. See, see, I was screaming, Scott, and stop, stop living like a lamb. Bruh, bruh, I was riding by that. You, you might not understand that, that if you go without it, time, time to concoct a plan. If, if you ain't gotta get it, go, go while they get it's good. Run, run, go for gripping, gripping. Why, why, want it? Wish they would. We, we tally, not admit it. We, we just come out committed. Purple, Wayne, for life, for lit it. Cold, that light was out. We lit it. So, so dumb.